0: Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on.
1: Hello and welcome to Talking Tourism. My name's Luke Martin. I'm your host today. And for those who are regular listeners, you'll know Talking Tourism is a podcast series uh, organised by the Peak Industry Body for Tourism in Tasmania, Tourism Industry Council of Tasmania where we try and bring uh, conversations that are relevant and practical to the listeners about current issues for tourism, some business skills, and obviously uh, a bit of a check-in with some of the key topics that we're all working through. Joining me today for this episode is Anne Greentree. and is the Director of Visitor Economy Strategy for the Tasmanian Government. G'day, Anne.
0: Hey, Luke. How are you going?
1: Good. Now, for our listeners, our <laughs> listeners some would be aware, but you and I do talk probably every day. We do. (laughs) So this will be a a bit more, probably more an informal friendly chat than um, usually what we do. So now, Anne, we're going to talk about T21. Do you want to explain to our listeners who have uh, perhaps not indoctrinated with T21 quite as much as uh, you and I are exactly what it is?
0: Um, Sure. I I must admit, I find it hard to believe that there would be um, many people who don't know what T21 is after the last 18 months, two years uh, worth of kind of consultation and conversations we've had around the state around not just the 10-year horizon in terms of what our vision for for tourism is in Tassie, but more importantly, what we have been focused on over the last 18 months. As a bit of a recap, T21 is the partnership between the Tasmanian government and tourism industry through um, TICT. It's an important partnership that dates back to the mid-90s, and it is the only one of its kind in Australia. There are other states that have uh, a kind of a partnership approach, but none to the degree that we have here in Tasmania, that where we do joint planning around a common future, and there is that, um, I guess, that that common agreement about what we're all bringing to the table to achieve the the vision that we have for for growing tourism in Tasmania. So. Yeah, it's a really important partnership. And and as you say, there is a lot of collective agreement and conversations that happen um, on a very regular basis to to make it all work.
1: And we, obviously, as you say, the consultation process, we did about 12 months of conversations around the industry, around the state, over sort of 2019, back into 2019, into 2020, with the intent to launch a bit of a 10-year blueprint for Tasmanian tourism. And then, like everything in the world, got upended in March – 2020 and, and obviously had to reset that around uh, COVID. And we launched in August the two and a half year effectively outlook um, recovery action plan. That's essentially what, what we will be talk, talking about today. Mm. So six months ago when we launched it, it was in August at uh, the Grand Chancellor, the Premier spoke. He had, I think, a day or two prior or early or later announced that the borders would stay closed until November. It was fair to say it was a pretty solemn occasion, um, but we launched this plan and in it we tried to do a bit of speculating about how things might lay out over the next six months. Um, How do you think we're going?
0: Well, I think um, really we're going very well compared to how it was shaping up to look certainly towards the end of last year when Summer was looking good, our um, kind of air seat capacity estimates, the forward estimates were looking really strong and then clearly we had um, border restrictions come back in place again in some of our key markets and um, yeah, you could uh, really see confidence um, tumbling at that point. Since then and with, I guess, the, obviously the, the improvements in, um, in how um, outbreaks are managed and how border restrictions have um, been managed over that time. The, the kind of data that we're seeing is showing a, uh, a strong recovery to date. We've got very strong forward bookings when it comes to um, accommodation, although lead times are very short, and we know that that is something that's come out of the, um, I guess, the COVID pandemic is that people are uh, waiting to the last minute to make their bookings, um, and I think that is particularly around the accommodation side of things. Um, air seat estimates are looking very strong for um, mm. May and June and so uh, the kind of data that we've been able to gather in um, in the Research and Insights team in Tourism Tasmania is really showing that despite only having a domestic market um, over the last few months, the kind of data that we're seeing shows that we are pretty much on track with what we estimated. Mm. And at the time that we worked through all of, you might recall, Luke, when we worked through all of those those recovery estimates, what might it look like, we were still thinking in August that we'd have an international market by this time. Mm. Um, domestic border restrictions would be um, far more eased than they are. So I think what that points to is a very strong intrastate market. We know that Tasmanians have really responded well to the call to get out there and experience what our um, industry has to offer, and what Tassie has to offer in terms of just the beautiful natural values, and yeah, we've th- seen a very strong take up of that by Tasmanians, which has just been fantastic.
1: One of the um, one of the things we weren't fully in any way confident on was speculating about how our aviation network would recover, and, and to me, that's been the the most um, striking, um, I guess, bounce back is that we've got. I think a better aviation network of direct flights with carriers across the country than we felt, and, and that's obviously also in the context of what's happened with Virgin. And obviously, uh, well, we've got effectively got all the flights back we we planned, um, plus some new ones. Um, Canberra's back, and um, obviously, you know, New Zealand now. So uh, we didn't really we thought we'd be scraping scraping to get some of these services back.
0: So I think that that has been. Um, testament to the work of the the team that works across tourism, Tasmanian state growth, and the airports, and 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 all of the industry players who um, clearly have worked very hard to to make sure that the confidence by the airlines is strong in in Tassie as a destination. But but also, I think it points to um, the fact that Tasmania as a destination is is very ha- has had a strong kind of. Um, attraction factor for our domestic market, but even more so post-COVID because we uh, we really fit what people want to experience now. We are a very safe destination and um, we have a lot of the very kind of, um, um, the, a lot of the experiences that really help people connect with um, uh, local uh, and uh, really kind of bespoke and unique experiences and and i think that's even more attractive now and i think the 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 research in the market around what how strong our brand has um uh retained uh in market since COVID is demonstrating that um yeah people really want to come to tassie which is great and that's going to drive continue to drive a really um i think a strong confidence by airlines to Mm. invest in roots into tassie
1: yeah absolutely and um so, yeah, but we, we're saying this, and it is—it is. We're trying to be positive, and it is positive. But we know that there are some businesses who, oh. you know, where we we say they're stuck in the slow lane of the recovery, or or they are businesses that are very much geared towards markets that haven't recovered yet, namely our, our international oh. markets, our cruise sector, for example. Um, part of obviously the work this year with JobKeeper ending is to to do what we can with the resources we've got, probably at a state level, to to keep some of these businesses. Um, you know, frankly, live and hibernating, or in hibernation, um, until they can come back out. Because in most cases, they provide products and experiences that we're going to need when these markets reopen. So, I guess that that would be a focus of the of the next kind of iteration of the of the plan over the next few months.
0: Yeah, certainly. I think um, working with all operators to make sure that. Um, they have diversified their products and experiences. Yeah, as you say, to cater for multiple markets. Because I think that obviously, is the big takeout out of the last 12 months, is the um, being solely in one market is is a risk for business and um, and for a destination um, clearly. So I think the that diversification um, support around products and business models um, has been a. Um, something that um, certainly uh, government and industry have invested in over the last 12 months, and I think that's certainly something that we will be continuing to invest in to make sure that the um, is are destinations, diverse in terms of its offering and um, operators to have that kind of foundation so that they can build resilience. Um, yeah, at times when um, I think in the future we're still, gonna, we're still going to unfortunately experience changes to border restrictions and uh, changes to markets uh, availability. And the more that we can um, spread that base, the, the better uh, we will be.
1: And obviously, um, there's some buckets of funds you know, from the government perspective. There's some buckets of funds out in the market at the moment, isn't? There? Um, yeah, I guess mm. probably by the time people are listening to this, they they may have closed. So by all means, please please check the stats when you when you are listening to this. But uh, obviously, there's some pretty clear evidence about where we think some of the priorities lie. There's uh, the attraction, uh, regional attractions and hospitality programs. So. Just the context about that from your perspective and where wh- who you think that's targeted to?
0: Well, we know that um, um, certainly there are some attractions and operators who, um, as you said before, have found it far more difficult um, or are, have been slower to recover. And, um, yeah, we, we want to make sure that um, they have access to the funds to enable them to, to come through what, over the next few months, uh, clearly winter's always uh, a more difficult time uh, we're not sure that that's going to be the case for this winter, but certainly we want to make sure that those operators who need the support um, get it um, in a very targeted way. Yeah, so that's definitely what that fund is for, Yeah. Um, to yeah, to provide that support.
1: Yeah, and obviously the other big issue that we were... Uh, it's two, the two big glaring issues, that, as I see it from industry, that it's frustrating everyone, and one's an immediate one, um, has been since effectively borders reopened, is the rental car issue. Um, mm. From your perspective and the government's perspective you know there's only a limited thing limited things that government can do on this front, but some of the things that you, you see that we could over the next few months do to try and support the rental car market to recover
0: um well yeah as you say i mean there is um, it really is a demand supply issue unfortunately, and it doesn't appear to be just in Tassie. it's right around Australia, probably internationally as well and um I think there, there are some things that we can probably gear up that, um, as you say, aren't immediate kind of recovery measures mm-hmm. but certainly will help us as a destination longer term. I know that there are a couple of um, uh, car-sharing operators out mm-hmm. there and I think the more that we can start um, engaging and, and um, yeah, sort of giving us those options as a destination I think the better we'll be to deal with some of these issues as they come up. It's it's interesting when you look back to um, sort of late last year and or not long after we released the plan and the kind of issues that we thought would be confronting us and we we knew at the time that um, high cars were... Um, being impacted, but combined with the demand that we've seen, the very strong demand, mm. um, you know, some of these issues have been difficult to predict and, as you say, require a, a longer-term kind of um, approach and very hard to deal with as an immediate kind of support for recovery. But yeah. certainly there there is work happening around what can be done yeah. and um, and that continues. It's, a, it's certainly a live issue and one that we're trying very hard to find solutions for.
1: The one, we, one I think we did predict would be an ongoing problem is obviously the workforce issue. And, mm. and to me, you know, the combination of people exiting the industry last year, you know, no choice but to do so, and then suddenly having to turn the switch back on and get as many of these people, Tasmanians, back in the back into the sector as we can. And obviously there's other sectors that we compete for these people with. and um, But then also the loss of the international workforce. Um, to me, that's the enduring challenge we're going to have throughout the back end of 2021, I suspect, as a,
0: as a sector. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, when we did the 2030 consultation, um, you might recall, it was one of the the top issues um, in industry at that time, um, skills and workforce availability, and some of the issues that um, really impact that, for example, on the East Coast accommodation affordability and some of those services that really support um, our um, industry, for example, transport services up and down the East Coast, Things like that that um, are uh, things that won't be solved in the, in the short term. But, and I think that's um, so workforce availability and skills will be um, something that we've already done some work on over the last um, six months. Um, Obviously, we've um, there has already been work around establishing the new industry-owned registered training organisation, which is a great step in the right direction, and um, and we have a a tourism hospitality ministerial advisory committee now that's focused on providing that industry input um, and information to the minister around what are those skills um, and training areas that um, government needs to invest in. So that's all really great. Um, actions that will um, help um, certainly over the next medium to longer term and set industry up. Um, as you say, there, there is a really short-term need around connecting people with jobs. And I do think that um, there are definitely some great programs out there and mm-hmm. it's one of the things that we're focused on at the moment is making sure that we're profiling those programs both to job seekers and to employers to make sure that they know how they can connect up and that those programs really understand the tourism um, context so that they're um, really connected into how our um, operators work and how they the kind of skills they need, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's definitely going to be a piece of work over the next six months.
1: When um, when you mentioned, when we said the introduction, we, we started off with this intent to do a 10-year you know, long-term horizon uh, blueprint for, for Tasmania as a destination over the next 10 years and ended, ended up pulling it back to the reality that we had to work through some of these very pragmatic short-term immediate challenges as an industry. One of the things we did do, though, was to name up some some areas where we felt we could also do some work over the next 12 to 18 months to lay the foundation for some of those long-term aspirations as a destination. So, for those not familiar with the plan, um, obviously a commitment around carbon neutrality, um, an accessible tourism destination, reviewing the cruise market. Um, let's just briefly touch on, from your perspective, the status on some of those projects, or more so what we've achieved over the last six months Um. Firstly, on, on the accessible tourism front, um, something that I know a lot of people are passionate about. Um, we've got a long way to go. One area I think we've got a long way to go, but also one with enormous opportunity given our ageing population and um, and obviously the some of the, the different markets that perhaps are not seeing Tasmania as accessible as it could be. Mm.
0: Yeah, well, I think um, this is one area where we're starting a little from scratch to a degree to understand what the, the current situation is. So one, we've already undertaken some work around understanding um, what is the product availability of um, um, in this market already and um, and then we've formed uh, importantly um, a reference group um, um, from the disability sector to provide us with some um, good um, advice and insight into how we um, yeah progress actions uh, for this for inclusive tourism um, Parks. The park Service um, is already well advanced in some of its work in this area, and uh, that will continue. Um, but uh, and and uh, um, TRCT obviously has released its um, um, inclusive tourism accreditation module, yeah. and all of these things are working together to create a foundation for the future. But yeah. um, there's clearly more work that we we need to do in this space. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And to say it's not a quick fix, this is a mm. know, generational thing. We're going to have to work for. Um, so, um, some traction there. Uh, the cruise review, my favourite. Yes,
0: yes. This has been a great, um, a big piece of work, <laughs> and <laughs> we um, we've so we we had KPMG uh, contracted, and um, in the very later stages of the work, um, just prior to the election being called, and uh, we've had a strong reference group. Um, and uh, inputting into that and there's going to be some really interesting data that comes out of that research. So when, um, and it is I, I guess to, to go back to what we were trying to understand here, we know that um, we've already got the um, sustainable cruise shipping blueprint that's been kind of setting the direction. We know that there was a whole lot of um, stuff that we didn't really understand about this particular sector and so what we we're aiming to do was to increase our information base um, uh, particularly in relation to the, the kind of costs and benefits mm. for Tassie as a destination and um, to better um, position Tasmania um, as a destination in the future to, to uh, get the most benefit from that market. And it's, a, it's an important, it's going to be a, re- a really great piece of work um, yep. to continue to work on uh, once the new government comes in.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and there's a lot of obviously a lot of industry stakeholders who are directly invested in that sector as well, who are probably very yes, curious. Yes, exactly. And they'll have they'll they'll see they won't the the intention is that the report will be made public, I imagine, and government will provide some direction about which way it's heading. But um, yep. there'll be there'll be further consultation around you know, where we might go. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. And yeah. and this work really was data gathering and information gathering, so it wasn't um, the next. Piece of work. Once we all understand what that means, is okay. So, what do we do with that? What are the policy directions um, into the future? And I mean, there's all of the, I guess, the. We all know the cruise sector is very highly motivated. Yeah, we we want to make sure that we take that opportunity to to get them engaged with Tassie in the way that we want them engaged with Tassie. So
1: yeah, and the other one, of course, that's um, obviously got a bit of publicity the last few weeks is um is the the opportunity around carbon neutrality. So I don't know whether. Do you want to answer, who's asking, answering all those questions? <laughs> it's probably, probably my value than yours, but from your perspective, I, I guess you're, um, from your perspective, where do you see that project at at the moment and, and to your mind, where do you think that's, that's, that's now going to lead?
0: Well, I think, um, I mean, this is a, 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 an incredible opportunity for Tasmania um, and it's obviously on the back of a huge kind of competitive advantage that the state already has um, uh, nothing to do with tourism, and I think if if there is anything that could position Tasmania differently, it is carbon neutral destination kind of concept. We already have that advantage already, so how do we um, how do we grab that and and make it even more so? And I think the work that um, uh, T 21s done and then um, TRCT through the climate change grant has progressed. I think that's all really great information that we need to consolidate and finish and then decide. Um, 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 obviously, there is the, the 2025 um, goal target um, idea out there and uh, there's a few pieces of that jigsaw puzzle we need to, to work through still and put into place. Mm. Um, but um, I, I think everything is pointing to the fact that this could be a substantial differentiator for Tassie.
1: Yeah, and the reality is we we know the market's shifting that way. I mean, I was, I've just been reading about mm. you know the, the mm. if destinations that get that get ahead of the market will be the ones that benefit. And as you say, we've got every opportunity to be the absolute leader of the space. So um, yeah, it seems to me it seems to me it's just going to be a, a, a matter of will rather than you know desire. You know, the challenges are not that great. It's just a, it's just the will to actually uh, take them on. All right. Yeah. Now, yeah. So they're, they're, that's con t twenty one. One thing perhaps the listeners are interested in um we got a bit of a down payment to start to progress some of this stuff um which came out (laughs) of uh, out of lazzy's fair thanks to the federal government 13 million dollars which were announced as announced as a bit of a regional tourism fund and that was announced in november and we didn't fully expect it and the money needs to be spent in the next two years so it's obviously being directly linked to t21 so where is uh where's that 13 million at
0: yeah, so as you say, it was a down payment and um, we've been madly working behind the scenes with Austrade uh, to get some of our T21 priorities over the line and really use this funds to, um, I guess, propel some of these... Um, key kind of projects forward. And um, so we've um, been able to secure the funds for agritourism, which um, is certainly one of the strong themes in T21. And uh, we've got um, a tender out in market at the moment that's seeking um, uh, contractors to assist um, uh, operators with product development and business support um, and then to, bring, to work with our agri-producers to bring new products um, into the play as well, which will be fantastic. I mean, we've already got such a uh, a great foundation. It's around how do we enhance that offering and how do we develop it further over. I guess uh, the funding does have a very short um, window of opportunity, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but we'll be using it to the best advantage with agritourism. And then um, the fund is really about um, immediate impact and uh, both demand and supply. So we have focused um, uh, a fair bit of that funding towards how do we um, work in a very competitive domestic marketplace um, to create even more demand for Tassie. So we're, we're focusing on some business events for Mills, yeah. um, which is a great opportunity because you've got many um, organisations who would be going overseas. Well, um, I know Marnie Craig and the team at business events are working hard to make sure that Tassie is seen as a real opportunity there. And then we've got a very strong Leisure for Mills program that will roll out um bit different to a normal for more program it's going to be very much in line with the brand come down for air find some space it won't be that kind of really busy uh for program that um many um uh trade and media partners have participated in the past um we're really going to try and make it a bit different and um and then the last one really is um yeah we all know that winter's going to be something that we've got to focus on in terms of recovery and we're um, directing a fair chunk of those funds to. Uh, amplifying the Tourism Tasmania winter program, which um, is already well underway with operators and it's been fantastic to see um, many operators responding to the expression of interest for the um, off-season product um, offer. And so I think that's a really exciting opportunity for us to, um, yeah, really enhance a period of time where generally a bit slower and um, it could be one of our strongest um, periods of the year. And that's what we're all aiming to do. So, yeah.
1: Um, and, and basically, I mean, the intent would be that, you know, we had probably an unexpectedly positive boost out of January, February, March. I had a couple of operators tell me they've had an unprecedented period. We know we're going to fall off uh, a bit of a risk around winter. Um, the half price fares are going to come to an end. Obviously, you know, again, who knows how the vaccine will roll out and consume confidence. So we're going to need to be really tack that second half of mm. 2021 pretty aggressively and then, you um, Ultimately, you know, 2022 potentially is, um, as uh, the travel bubbles start to emerge that we're going to want to have those, some of these events and some of those opportunities that you're, you're talking about, agritourism and, and for meals that potentially, you know, for meals that are done for business events in 2021 that might lead to big events in 2022, you know, those type of opportunities. So, mm,
0: that's right. Yeah.
1: So, the money is going to roll out, you know, operators should see the money start to be spent in the next six to 12 months you hope would be? Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Well, I mean, we've got 13 and a half million the most money of any um, area of Australia, and we're absolutely working hard to get it all out the door, um, yeah, so that we yeah get the most we, benefit we, from it.
1: We did do well out of the uh, the great tourism pie, well. as we so
0: often do, <laughs> I
1: find, Anne. All right, uh, anything <laughs> else you want to get off your chest T 221?
0: Oh, look, I, I think um, I reckon off the back of the first international flight coming into Tasmania in – Twenty plus years. Yeah. I mean, that is just um, great—a great thing to come out of such a difficult period of time. And um, yeah, it's confidence building and confidence yeah. um, breeding for the future. And and uh, it's all of these things that I think will continue. We we're all yeah all working well. Get up to um, to do this stuff, and and it's a matter of keeping the momentum going um, through the next six to. Nine months, particularly. Yeah, keep an eye out for those,
1: and keep an eye out for those at risk of being left behind. And um, yeah, exactly. um, That's right. Again, we kind of got this this challenging kind of dichotomy at the moment of having to talk about confidence, optimism, positivity, because we we have a lot to look forward to, but also um, recognizing that we've got. Um, a large part of our sector that has got a long way to go and um, and, mm. they, and they can't be forgotten. Now, um, I'm, you're my guinea pig on something with talking tourism mm. which you don't know I'm <laughs> going to do so this is the first time I'm going to do it but I do listen to a lot of podcasts and my favourite is the Howie Games. If you listen to the Howie Games and you're anything like a sports nut, you've got to listen to the Howie Games. And no, he No, does... sorry, I don't. No, you don't? Well, a lot of, a lot of <laughs> listeners I'm sure do. The two must do talking tourism and the Howie Games but one thing they do, uh, a lot of these podcasts is they do try and break down some of the um, get more to know some of the people and And one thing about Talking Tourism, we do have a lot of loyal listeners and we do have a lot of um, Tasmanian tourism personalities. So I've come up with uh, the Talking Tourism big seven questions. Now, you don't know what they are yet. (laughs) And uh, I'm sure at the end of it, you're going to tell me whether you think this is a good idea or not and uh, listeners can tell me. But you will be my guinea pig. So quick answers, first thing comes into your head. And Green Tree. Now, question one, favourite destination in Tasmania and why?
0: I love the Tasman Peninsula. Everyone else is going to hate me in the rest of Tassie, but I do love the Tasman Peninsula. It's just stunning. I love the landscape, the cliff edges, the, everything about it.
1: Favorite travel destination anywhere in the world?
0: I've been to a lot of places in the world, but um, yeah, oh goodness, okay. Um, south America is pretty stunning. South yeah, America? we did we did the W walk in the um, the very south of Chile years ago, and, and it is stunning. Yes,
1: there you go. So I thought you'd say New York. Anyway, all right. Oh, yeah. New, New
0: York's New York. pretty good as all well.
1: Right. <laughs> okay. we do talk about New York a lot. Uh, right. Question three. Someone coming to Tasmania for the very first time in their lives asks you what the one thing they absolutely must experience while they're here. What do you tell them?
0: Well, I would have to say um, they have to get out and see our regional areas. They're, I mean, people, no-brainer, will come to Hobart, will will do all of the, the main attractions in, in Hobart. But um, some of the best gems are out in our regional areas, and it is worthwhile when you can get a high car to grab a high car. Yep. And um, yeah, absolutely, spend the time, take a week or two, and um, just drive around and experience our our towns. And yeah,
1: all right. Yep. Here's a big one. Quick answer: You're walking the Overland Track. Have you done the Overland Track yet?
0: Um, I've done bits of it. Bitch it's not the whole thing.
1: Okay. Ah, uh, right. For five days with three other people. Anyone in the world, famous, not so famous, living or dead, who are they? You're walking hmm. the overland track.
0: I do find um, uh, um, Nelson Mandela, Mandela. I'd, I'd have to say. I read his yeah, his book years ago and I tell you what, his life has, is just amazing and his humility and, I, yeah, I would love to spend a few days with him. Yep. Um, how many people have I got? Three. Two more. Three. Two more. Mm, I'd have to say, this is going to sound really corny, but I do like spending time with my husband, yeah. so I'd take him.
1: I was hoping. It's, and <laughs> for your sake, hoping it's and say he, that. And he
0: does know a bit about that he so I will. Yeah, He'd so be a great I, guy. I take him as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I might take, um, I don't know, I think I'd have to take uh, maybe someone from the Tassie Walking Company yes. so that I can stay overnight. <laughs> Oh, yeah,
1: right, okay. for the comfort levels as well
0: that's yeah. right in the wine in <laughs> the dinner
1: yeah. well if you got if you got uh, nelson mandela you'd probably need an element of yeah, comfort. yeah that's right yes. all right keep going question five road tripping around tasmania right now what are you listening to in the car i've
0: got a spotify jazz cool saturday night playlist um i can't name any songs sorry because i just all right, it's so just jazz, on the spotify list
1: yeah that's good for the road trip and when you arrive yep. at your destination of choice somewhere in regional tasmania what's your tasmanian tipple of choice
0: uh, I do love a rose, and rose, I've got to say, I'm yeah. pretty partial to a Milton rose.
1: Milton rose, yes. A, right. And yes, yep. Question seven, final one, and this is the big one where you'll be judged by all people. The big one. Curried Tasmanian Scholars, culinary <gasps> delight. Love them. Or, okay, culinary delight or culinary crime, you are culinary delight.
0: Oh, delight. Yeah. Oh, particularly in a pie. Love it.
1: Beautiful. What do you think? Good initiative? Good way to end the podcast?
0: Yeah, Good. yeah, great all way right. to end the all podcast. Right. Well, thank yeah. you.
1: And Green Tree. <laughs> Director of Visitor Economy Strategy for uh, Tourism Tasmania, Department of State Growth, all things government, talking all things T21. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on uh, Talking Tourism. Right. I'll talk Thanks to you later Lucky. in the day.
0: See you. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism.